All right. Welcome back to the One of None podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Andrew Ganung. I'm your other host, Dr. Jonah Casella. And we have a very different type of podcast today. We have a special guest with us in our first uh, guest on our guest series. He is no other than Sean, Dr. Sean Bowling. Um, Sean is a friend of Jonah and I's from college. Um, we all started out in um, classes together. We were all studying pre-med at the time. So we became very good friends. I'll, I'll save the stories uh, for a little bit when we dive into some of how we all got to know each other. But Sean is, uh, he is a very smart individual. He's a hardworking guy. He lives by a lot of the values that we, <laughs> we, uh, we hold near and dear to us on this podcast and what we talk about a lot. So we're very excited to have him and, uh, and bear with us, um, today as we dive into some of the topics, but welcome, Sean, we're happy to have you finally. And, uh, we're yeah, excited man. to have you on finally. <clears throat> Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's it's an honor. Be, I think this is your first guest. Yeah, let's get after it. So yeah. very honored. Sean, give uh give the people an update on life right now. I for told sure. them I did say Dr. Sean Bowling. So Sean did graduate from medical school, but go ahead and tell them what you're doing right now and where you're at. Uh, so right now I'm a first year orthopedic surgery resident. I'm up in York, Pennsylvania, so I'm making my way through my first year, about six months into residency, so i got about five years left. So I'm just kind of embracing the grind. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely <laughs> definitely a grind, no <clears throat> doubt about it. So you, you have five years, so five and a half years then, like, or four and a half? It's five years total. Um, okay. Plus a fellowship if you decide to do one, which most people do. So it's another year, um, but otherwise just five years until you can become an attending. So I guess four and a half more years for me. Light work. So that's what we, Jonathan, that like goes along what we were talking about. You don't talk about delayed gratification, you know, like that is the definition of delayed gratification, you know, <clears throat> Joan and I, not to say ours is any less difficult or anything like that. But, you know, I was, I finished my doctoral degree in three years. Jonah's at four and Sean's, Sean's going to be in a lot, a lot longer than that. So yeah, <clears throat> be worth Go it. And, uh, talk to them about, just give them a little insight about like your day-to-day -day stuff. Um, what you're, you're doing right now. I mean, I know that well, Sean, tell them, I know where you're at right now and I know you're studying and, stuff like that. But I know stuff's about to get a little bit more interesting in the coming month, next month, once you really start to dive into it. So go ahead and tell them what you're going to be doing. Yeah. So, um, just like with undergraduate, um, you have to fulfill a certain number of like what we had liberal arts classes. We have uh, to do certain requirements in residency that are not orthopedics. So, my first six months of residency are current. I'm not doing any orthopedics right now. I'm actually working um, at the rehab hospital, seeing patients over there on the medicine service. Um, but once I do start to get into ortho, uh, I think things will start to pick up quite a bit. I'll start taking more call, 
longer days, um, earlier mornings, uh, things like that. But right now I'm kind of in a vacation month, so I only work um, five or six hours a day. And uh, so I had to take my boards last week. And uh, yeah, so things are yeah. light at the moment, but things will start picking up pretty crazy here in the next month gotcha. or two. How did you, um, how'd you do on board? Ask again, Jonah. Do you know, sorry, do you know um, how you did on boards yet? No, I'll find out. Um, I think the middle of January. So I took the final stage of my uh, doctor boards, um, the step three or level three boards that we have to take. So that was a two day exam. Um, it was about 420 multiple choice questions and then another 26 case-based questions where it was like, check all the, check all the answers that apply, uh, fill in the blank, et cetera, which are a little more difficult, but most people end up passing that one, which is good. Um, and then I had to take the first set of my orthopedic boards, uh, which don't count in your first year. So it's kind of just like a baseline score for me. So really low pressure exams, not nearly as high pressure as the first two that I took, uh, in med school. So. Those are kind of under my belt now and I'll get my scores in mid January. I'm not too terribly worried about them, but with the completion of them now I can go, um, I guess practice at like an urgent care if I wanted to or moonlight on the side, but we don't do that in my, my training program. So gotcha. that's really all that you, that's not exactly awesome. sure the details on what it allows you to do other than that, but that's pretty okay. much it. So. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's funny about that. And then I have a, a follow up question that kind of takes us a different way. Is that you're like, yeah, it was just like, it's just a 425 question exam with like 20 case study questions. It really wasn't that bad. Like, that's just how jaded you are from standardized test taking for the last <laughs> like seven, eight, nine years, whatever the fuck it is, you know? Oh, for sure. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I was definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, I was definitely sitting in there questioning like my life choices, <laughs> but, um, at least there was no really pressure, you know, kind of attached to it. Like my first two, where you had to score a certain score to get into a certain specialty or get above a certain threshold to be considered a competitive applicant, et cetera. So, um, it wasn't nearly as bad as the first two, but it was a two day exam and the first two were only one day. So. Gotcha. So I kind of want to, um, like we talked about what you're doing now, um, we kind of went a little bit into that. I, I want to take a step back and almost talk about um, just briefly, like where you grew up, um, you know, your kind of situation. That's you know what we talk about on the pod is that it doesn't really matter where you're from. You, know, you can do these things. So just give us a little, just a quick background, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So um I definitely would say I had a good childhood. Um, my mom was a, I grew up in Maryland, north of uh, Baltimore. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, my two parents. Uh, my mom was a third grade teacher growing up and my dad was an accountant at, um, he worked at different hospitals throughout my childhood. And so I think him coming home and telling stories, even though he wasn't really in medicine, he still had stories of like what happened. Uh, and what he heard about. And so I think that kind of sparked my interest in medicine. And um, 
they weren't really hard on me. They didn't kind of push me in any certain direction. I think I had some inherent motivation um, just through sports and uh, things like that to just kind of be as best, uh, be the best that I can in whatever I do. Uh, I think that's still kind of, I kind of carried that with me to today, but yeah, so I didn't really have like a doctor. I didn't, my parents weren't doctors. My parents weren't like upper class. Um, they didn't really force me to do anything. They kind of just let me explore my own interests. And so I kind of just took it from there. Sean, I, uh, we have, me and Jonah talked about this on the previous pods about how we all developed a really close, like friend group in college. Um, to those that are listening, Sean was in this friend group. We've probably mentioned Sean on numerous occasions throughout the pods. Sean was a really big piece of our, our mindset that we had. And <clears throat> he provided a lot of the competition that we had between us three because we had so many classes together and it fostered a really good environment. And um, so Jonah was in the honors college and Sean was too. So I knew, I knew Jonah before Sean and Jonah had introduced me to Sean one day, just in one of the study rooms. And from there, um, I would always like sneak my way into the honors hall, even if Jonah wasn't there. And I would see Sean there and we'd just be in the same room. And then just through osmosis, like learning the same stuff, we had a lot of the same classes together. We all started studying and then it became like, all right, who can push the highest score on the exam? And we're talking about like organic chemistry and biochemistry and all of our chem classes. And, you know, I think it was a great, I think it was a great environment for us to be improving ourselves. So um, you mentioned kind of not really being pushed growing up. I, I can attest to the same exact thing. I didn't really get pushed a whole lot growing up. Do you feel like from your perspective that the culture we created in our friend group in college helped a lot, like developing that mindset? Or do you feel like that was always inherent even before then? Uh, I think it was in, uh, inherent before then, but it's funny you say that because I feel the exact same way about you guys. Like I wanted to compete with you. I feel like you guys carried a lot of the weight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I really appreciate that because, um, you know, I'd be dog tired after football uh, practice or, um, workouts or whatever. And I just come to the library and study. Um, you guys always got, it helped having you guys around because, um, you know, when my tank was a little bit low, it helped knowing that I had two friends at the library who were getting after it and I was going to be missing out if, uh, you know, if I didn't show up. So <laughs> it's funny you say that about me because I thought the same thing about you guys, but yeah, no, you guys certainly helped. I definitely could not have done it without you for sure. Both of you. Yeah, it was a, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, even just like having that competition. <clears throat> I mean, we, I've presented with both of you before in front of teachers. So I've had several with Jonah and then Sean and I in our pharmacology class. And it's like, yeah. looking back, I'm like, I don't know how we didn't just break down laughing half the time. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd say this lightly, but I lose brain cells when I'm with Sean because we just like, we can't have normal conversations. It always ends up in like laughter and same thing with Jonah. So it's, uh, it's funny that we made it out on top pretty much in most of our classes yeah. that we wanted to with our, how much yeah. fun we have too. So that's, that's cool to have that, like that friendship where you can have someone competitive 
are competitively working with you and pushing you, but also have the other side of it where you can, you can have fun and, and do those other things too. So um, I, I certainly enjoyed having that. Jonah, were you about to say something? Um, I was just, I wasn't, I didn't want to interrupt because I was going to add something else just for um, like, just to tell everybody, Sean and I met because we were in the honors college and we were neighbors. So like our rooms are right next to each other. And this honors college was like an old, old OG honors college, community bathrooms. Like the room was super small and you shared it with somebody else, like no separating door, just like one bed, three or four feet from the next. Um, and so we all got to know each other pretty quickly in the honors college, but mm -hmm. yeah, we were right next door to each other. And that's kind of how part of how we met, but um, which is awesome. And yeah, like there's so many times of us just being in the, in the honors college, just on the chalkboards for hours, just half dead and just joking about nothing. Like if somebody walked in there, they would be like, these kids are not going to pass. Yes. <laughs> Drawing like really obscure, like drawings to help us remember stuff. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. exactly. Um, man, that's a time. What a time. Sean, do you want to, do you want to hit on football a little bit? Let them know um, kind of what brought you to IUP, I guess, and how that played in. Yeah. So, um, Originally, I really wanted to play baseball in college um, and ended up uh, breaking my ankle in my recruiting year and kind of missed that really important year. So um, fortunately, um, found a, an opportunity to play football in college as a kicker. Um, I played on the Big 33 team, which is kind of an all-star game at the end. It's in the summer. Um, every year between Maryland and Pennsylvania. And so I was on that team and um, my coach knew the coach at IUP. And so that kind of, that's kind of how I got linked up there. But yeah, no, football was great. Um, it's definitely um, an important part of my journey for sure. I didn't always love it, uh, <laughs> especially in college. It's more like a job, but it sort of drove home some important character characteristics and character traits um, that I still, I think, have today for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, good. Go go ahead. Ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm going to dive on something else. <clears throat> oh, perfect. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, like it was it was always like half frustrating to Andrew and I, or at least to me, like not in a serious way. Like you would be like busting it at football and like you'd roll in and study like not like you didn't study way less than us, but like you just didn't have as, as much time. And so like you'd be grinding with us and then we'd all take our exam and then you would get a better score and we'd be like, what the fuck? Like this is <laughs> I hate this guy. That's not how I remember it at all. Although, no, although we got to remember. All that we got to remember is that we were setting the score, the high scores on those exams. And that's what matters, right? So, Jonah was setting the curve usually. <laughs> Let's go. I think, yeah, we all, we all kind of did different times. Yeah. We took, we just took turns with it. <laughs> Sean, I, uh, I wanted to ask you this. Um, I know, Jonah, we haven't really even dove into, uh, dove into this either on our, on the separate pod or the other uh, podcast previously, but. I know that um, I know that's something that Sean and you, Jonah, I know both of y'all hold this close to you, but 
I'm interested to kind of get Sean's interpretation on it or just his viewpoint, um, which hopefully opens up a little bit more conversation regarding it. But as a healthcare provider, um, how do you, I know that you're strong in your faith. Um, how do you feel like, do you feel like that's a struggle for you? And I'll, I'll even give my two cents on it after, but, and Joan, I want you to answer this question as well. Um, as healthcare providers, do, do either of y'all have difficulty with, um, kind of like drawing the line almost based off of how we learn things in college, you know, how we personally know our faith and, and the story of how God created everything versus what they try and teach us in school. Did you find it difficult for you to like navigate those waters or, or even in practice now, do you, do you find any issue with that or, or run into any trouble with like maybe even questioning your own like personal values and stuff? You mean to go first or in general? Go ahead. No, so the short answer, no. Um, I don't believe the Bible to be a science book. And what I mean by that is the book of Gen the book of Genesis, which talks about the creation of everything. I, I think that is meant to explain who did it and not how it was done. And so I've always kind of held the <clears throat> mentality that, um, everything is created by God, even evolution, um, things have evolved for a reason. Um, so that's kind of what I hold true. I mean, I, in terms of my day to day, um, some of the stuff that I see, especially um, in the ICU and some of these patients that require higher level of care and are more unstable, um, I kind of rely on it a little bit more because it gives me a reason to have hope. <clears throat> Just because some of the stuff is traumatic, especially these families that come in, they're not used to seeing patients on the ventilator or um, sedated, and it's really uncomfortable for them. So um, it's kind of emotionally heavy sometimes. And so it gives me a reason to kind of lean into that, lean into my faith a little bit more. Um, yeah. It gives me a reason, or it gives me some hope for uh, something better in the future. That's great. That's a really good point. And um, I kind of agree. I have a different uh, path to that, agreeing to that, because I wasn't very religious. I wasn't religious growing up, as I've talked about. I don't actually I don't know if I've talked about this. It wasn't until I was in college and I met my wife and I met Andrew and our friends um, and you guys that I'd stepped into religion. And I'm a lot more um, heavy in, into it now and going to church um, um, as often as I can on the weekends. But I always... I always felt that evolution's evolution, that's how it happened. And now that I've read the Bible um, and I've heard that, I kind of picture it like, like I agree with what you said, Sean, where I feel like God set up the dominoes and he just hit the first one. And then that's how it happened. You know, like he created it all and then he just started it. I, uh, I agree with both of y'all too. I think that's, I like both of y'all's answers separately. And, you know, Sean, I think you make a great point too with, with, uh, with what you said about, it talks about who did it and not how it was done. Um, I think 
I watched something today. I think I was, I was watching on YouTube or something and people were arguing about the start of it. Um, you know, what was it the big bang or was it God? And it was the guy that was talking about, it was like, you know, he's talking to somebody who's, who's arguing that it was the big bang. And he said, so basically nothing started everything. And then he was talking to somebody, you know, the same person and said, what happens when you die? Like, do you just go into nothing? And they're like, yeah. And he said, so you're going back to your creator then. Right. And they both agreed that he, they were going back to their creator which begs the question that there had to be a, a maker of something, right? And I think that's a good analogy. I, I 100% agree. And it's tough in the medical field. I think that we struggle with how we're taught back in college about how everything started. I mean, we learn about evolution in school. That's in every single class of ours, you know? Right. And so it's hard to separate the what they're teaching us versus how we were raised. And raised on the book of Genesis and how God created everything and Adam and Eve. And I think nowadays it's gotten really far-fetched, which I won't dive into, but I think, I think it's even harder nowadays to become a Christian because of all this stuff that's being put out there. And I think it gets bogged down a lot, but it's important for us to stay strong in our faith and how we practice too. And Sean, you're exactly right. Like you see it at a, a much more severe rate than maybe Jonah and I do. You know, we see the patient when they come in after they've probably had a diagnosis or been seeing you um, already, you know, and they're in a state that's a little bit better than um, how you're seeing them. So I think it's all the more important that you stay true to that and stay strong in your faith. And I think that's important to hold on to that, um, especially when you see them the way that they they are mm -hmm. and see you and stuff like that. It's difficult. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Sean, before we move on? Yeah, I was just going to say, sometimes it, I think it, it takes more faith to not be a believer than it does to actually believe sometimes. And uh, I think it's just, especially with what you're talking about with the Big Bang, some of the logic doesn't always, uh, doesn't always add up. And so uh, it's just easier sometimes to believe in a creator that, especially one that loves you and cares for you. Yeah, yeah. So that's just why it stands up. Yeah, so I have a okay. I have a different type of question now for you. Um, so we've talked a lot about like finding your why, and like how important that is. I mean, we've we've beat it to death. Um, so we have to ask the question. You know, what is your why for this career? Why are you doing it? Um, how has that evolved? <clears throat> excuse me, since you started this journey, like all the way back in high school and then into IUP. Um, you know, what's, what was that like for you? Um, I think I've always had an innate desire to help people. I guess you guys probably have too, since you guys are both in the medical field. Um, my mom tells me stories of when I was really young, when I wanted to like help my little brother with things and like help him do stuff, even as like a little kid. Um, and so that kind of, is the underlying reason for everything. I really want to go, I want to help as many people as I can um, in the field of orthopedics. I like orthopedics because patients are get patients get injured, um, you fix them and God willing, they do better. They're able to get back to, at least for the most part, get back to doing what they were supposed to. 
or what they were doing before functional functionality wise. Um, but as far as my why, um, I want to go somewhere where there's a need, um, for orthopedic surgeons. And I want to be able to help as many people as possible in that community. Um, in terms of like what I want my scope of practice to be, I think definitely more general orthopedics, just cause that kind of ties back into like, if I only focus on joints or hand or sports and I just do shoulder scopes and knee scopes, that's not all they do. But you know, if that's what my main practice is, I'm leaving out all of the you know, good majority of the population. Um, and so that's kind of what I hope to do actually, as I start to get out of practice and hopefully that kind of extends, um, into other countries as well and doing mission submission work. Um, and so in residency, I'm just trying to, I think this program, the, the training program that I'm at will definitely, uh, get me there, but just get, developing the skills that I'll need to be able to go do that. So, um, so that's kind of my why learning as much as I can in five years so that I can go uh, help as many people as I can. Yeah, I think that's awesome, dude. I think that's, that's great. And um, there's definitely some overlap between all three of us. I think if you're in the medical field, you have an innate desire for sure to help people. And I see it in you for sure as well. And dude, I'm not trying to get all godly or religious on on uh this pod now just because we started talking about it but i do feel like with both of y'all i think honestly you are able to still you're able to bring others to the kingdom of christ and the word of christ through practice too and sean it seems like that's where you're you're going to be heading and jonah too i mean i'm sure i'm sure plenty of people feel god's presence with you as well I, I encounter it a lot because I talk to people all the time. So I have these conversations with folks all the time, you know, and it's a, it's a topic of conversation that comes up when I ask how, how their Sunday was or how their weekend was. So I think, I think all of us are driven in that way and we can share a lot of those qualities that Sean talks about for sure. Um, and I'm sure people appreciate that too. Cause ultimately like that's where I want to be too. And I want to be serving God through, my work as well you know i want to obviously help people and jonah wants to help people too but i think all of us have that common goal of like if we can bring another person to christ or show our ourselves and, and show christ through us and that's that's like the best case scenario you know yep yeah definitely i'm sure i think you you have a really good opportunity to do that andrew because you spend so much time with the patients you spend i don't know an hour how much time do you spend with your patients? Yeah, anywhere from 30, 30 to an hour. Yeah, it's a good amount of time. You can kind of really get into that kind of stuff. So. Well, dude, one of the one of the um, the physicians that I work really closely with in Jacksonville, he's actually uh, he's not working the same one as Josh. He's at a different different hospital than Josh, but um, he is a really strong Christian and he is probably one of the most renowned physicians in our area that every single patient that comes in raves about him. I usually will hear from each patient about the orthopedic physicians that they really hate. 
and that they, you know, he caused me to have this and it's not, you know, he didn't take care of this. Like I asked him to, or, um, you know, the typical complaints, but I don't think I've ever gotten a single complaint about this guy. And he is really, really strong in his faith. And he makes it a point to like be outwardly, like talkative about his faith too. And he has the best following, I think, out of all the physicians that I work with. I mean, it's crazy. He has time and time again, people come in and like, he's one of the best physicians I've ever worked with. And it's just like, I don't think he's doing anything crazy. He's not doing God's work. He's just, he's living like, he's living through, you know, Christ. I think that a lot of that comes out, like when you just give people time. Like even when you don't have it and they know that you don't have it, but like you take that extra 30 seconds minute to like actually like look at your patient and be like, how are you? Like, no, not just your eyes. Like, how are you doing? You know? And I think that that goes a long way for people. Cause I know that like, even for me, like when I go to my dentist and I'm the patient there and he has, you know, 30, 35 people, patients, he just like, will sit there and chat me up and be like, how you doing? Like, how's work? And you know, that goes a long way and it means a lot more to the patients. So I think that plays a huge part into it. And I'm sure that you guys are like that as much as you can, you know, and, and your very limited amount of time that you have with each patient, you try and, and be as caring and, and humane as possible. Cause there's some people out there that are just not like that. Like people come in and they're just a number to them and they feel that, you know, and that's why the people keep going back to him because that's not, that's not how they feel. So yeah, I think that's great. And I know you guys are like that too. There was a, um, I worked with a family medicine doctor in the Dominican Republic. His name is Dr. Eister, and uh, I think he's from uh, New Jersey. But uh, every patient visit, he'd ask, like, the five, like, how are you doing with the five pillars of your health, you know, like physical, mental, diet, exercise, et cetera. And then the last question he'd always ask, how's your spiritual health? And if they would say not good, then he would just tell them about Jesus and take that time to try and, I guess, tell them about Jesus. And he ended up um, bringing a lot of people to Christ that way. He had a notebook from, he had like two or three notebooks filled with every person's name he's ever helped bring to Christ. That's so wild. That's incredible. I know. Yeah. He was an older guy. He was in his probably 70s or 80s, but I still remember that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Sean, was that the same the same mission trip that do you remember my um PCP in Pittsburgh? I told you about her. And I was like, I have oh, a buddy that, that I in Yeah, that was with. the second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's a crazy yeah. Sean Sean and I were talking one break in college and um or Sean, you know what it was is when we were doing our Bible studies. And we were talking about it and I had a, I had a new PCP in Wexford back in Pennsylvania and I went to her and I, I told her about like, I think like mission or she said she's from Baltimore or from Maryland or something. And I said, my buddy is too. And, um, and she's like, who's your buddy? And I said, his name's Sean Bolin. And he went to like, he went and did a mission, uh, mission work in another country. And she's like, oh, I did too. And sure enough, they knew each other, which is just like an absolutely small world. But uh, that is bizarre. That's crazy. That she wrote me a little crazy. note. It says good luck. I still have it. Oh really? I send it, send it, yeah, yeah. I should send a picture of it to you. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's cool. sweet. Yeah, 
She's a good, good lady. I liked her. Good dog. Yeah. Um, right. I wanted to ask about um, your work ethic a little bit because obviously to get where you're at, all the exams you've been taking, a little bit longer of a route than Joan and I had. How do you feel? And like, obviously you're going to be embarking on some longer, longer days and weeks and months over the next couple months, actually. Are you like, how do you feel like that has been with your emotional and like spiritual, you know, health or even your physical health? Because it takes a toll, dude, when you're putting in like 80 hour weeks, that's absurd to anybody, you know? And it takes like a lot of mental (laughs) willpower to be able to power through those weeks. Like, how do you feel like med school and now embarking on your orthopedic residency? Do you feel like that's that's going to be a challenge or, or do you feel like you're prepared for it or what? Yeah, that's a good question. I still, aside from residency, um, I still think the busiest that I've ever been was college um, schedule wise. And so that was probably, yeah, that was probably the busiest. In med school, I wasn't nearly as busy in med school as, as college. I just had to study. That was my only job in med school. College had to balance a lot of different stuff. But in residency, yeah, I mean, eventually, as sad as it sounds, um, working that much when you're not really taking care of yourself, you kind of just become like a shell of a person. (laughs) And I haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, And then compound that with just like kind of getting yelled at by senior residents and um, attendings that um, have really high standards for us. And I'm thankful for that, but it kind of just wears on you. And um, you really have to make a point to take care of yourself. I I have a home gym, so I kind of am able to work out when I can there. Um, spiritual health, I should be doing my devotional a little bit more than I should. <laughs> but um, I kind of just roll out of bed, get in the shower and leave. But um, yeah, no, it's it's hard. It's really hard to take care of yourself. But um, every now and again, you kind of, I haven't really gotten to this point yet, but Actually, I've learned a lot in the first five months, but you kind of just stop and think about how much you've actually learned since you've started, and that kind of keeps you going. Um, Like, I haven't even really started orthopedics, but I know way more than I did um, five months ago, so I'm really happy about that. But, yeah, you just kind of got to keep pushing. That's a really good point, is um, having that perspective. When things get hard to, like, look back and just remember like where you came from and where it all began and, and how much you've put into it. And, you know, all the times where you were like, I don't know if I can keep doing this and you, you did. And, and then you're, now you're here. So, you know, you've been able to like stack those bricks for years and years. And so that, you know, has built a nice foundation for you going forward, but now I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be tough. Um, but I have, I have no, um, I have every bit of confidence in you. Like you know, there are certain people like, you might think, uh, I don't know, you know, um, like, you know, that's true. Um, and you guys were never those people. It was just like a guarantee. As soon as we started studying and I saw like how hard you guys worked, I was like, yeah, we're going to be there. We'll be there one day. Thanks, man. Yeah, that, that was a no brainer for sure. I think with both of y'all as well, like that's just, you know, someone's about to get it done and you know, the people that aren't going to get it done. And it, it comes down to like, do the same people 
that I would say uh, say I was questionable about, questionable about in college are the same people I'm still questionable about to, to this day. A couple of names come to mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And we all know exactly who those people are, too, which is so funny because we're all laughing at that. But, I, I mean, dude, those people ultimately, and I, I think this ties it well into what Joan and I have talked about in previous podcasts, is like those people never – I don't want to say never, but they rarely like change. Like they're, they're going to go throughout their lives and yeah, they're going to have success, like small successes and they get the opportunity to do something cool and they post about it. But like, ultimately those people are the same. And I think like, unless you're cultivating a, a friend group and a work ethic day in and day out purposefully and do that every single day, like that's what's going to change my mind. But those people have stayed have stayed consistent with how they behave every single year that we've known them. And some of them I don't even know them anymore. I don't I don't really keep in touch, but I'll see like them post. I'm like, yep, they're up to the same thing they've always been doing. And I think that's so important of having a small circle because we held each other accountable. I know I was. I know on numerous occasions I would get anxiety because I knew that Sean and Jonah were working and I wasn't yeah, like same. it was, that was real. That was real. Oh my gosh. Especially if like one of us didn't drink over the weekend and you were the one that was drinking and you woke up and Sean was like, Sean was in like the honors college at like eight. I'd be like, yep, I'm done for. I'm done. Like I might as well just not even be productive today. Cause I know Sean's like already in the books. I'll just get so anxious about it. Cause it was like a, such a good competition between us. Yeah. No, that's, that's that actually brings up a good point. Sorry if I'm kind of steering things. Um, but if you were to ask me what the number one factor for building success is probably the friend group thing for sure. Um, even at med school, Shout out to Joe, Nick, and Jared if they ever listen. But uh, my three, or my yeah, my three closest friends in med school, we all and I, we all matched really competitive uh, residency positions, and uh, they definitely had a big influence on me too. Um, when I was studying for my first set of boards, my one buddy Nick, who is literally a, um, he's like a robot. He just work. He just like he doesn't even think about the. He just works. That's all he does. He's like a. He's like an ox. Gets up same time every day, goes to the gym. And I'd get up a little bit later. I knew he was at the gym, so I'd have to go to the gym. And then I knew he'd beat me to the library. And then I'd have to go to the library and see him sit there in that seat before I got there. <laughs> and every day it was like a cycle and it drove me freaking crazy. But because of that, I mean, um, you know, I did well on my, and I couldn't leave the seat until he left. I couldn't, I just could not do it. And he, and he works like an ox and uh, just tough to compete with. But, yeah, no, that's that's important. You got to have friends that um, are either on the same level of you as you work ethic and value wise, or even a little bit ahead of the game. So you have to keep up or push each other for sure. Yeah, no, you definitely need that because if you have somebody, not that it's bad, but if you have somebody that's like, like we all know a couple of people that would step into our circle with the library to ask us questions. Or like, did you do this, these, this quiz or this homework? They were just kind of like half like mooching. It's like the leeches. Yeah. It's like you wanted the people that were going to like 
go through it and find the solutions with you, not the ones that we're going to wait until you did it um, and then just get the answer. So, yeah, I agree. You got to have equal or even better, just people that are, like you said, work like an ox in your circle. I think, honestly, Sean, that's like that drove it home because it's so cool to have those people. Like as much as it drives you crazy, I would not want it any other way besides that. I'd rather have somebody and arguably someone who's better than me always just a step ahead because it makes it forces me to do that. I mean, I can think of times where five minutes before I'm about to do something that I'm about to hate to do, I get a text from somebody else saying, Hey, I just finished this. I'm there's no better thing to get me to do that thing than somebody doing that. And you know how that was with us. I mean, that was the every single day I felt that way with y'all. And as much as it drove me crazy sometimes, and it made me anxious and nervous that I was unprepared or whatever it was, there's no better thing that could have happened to me in college when we were all together doing that because it cultivated such a strong, like it just the next step, every single person took it one step higher and one step higher to the point where we were just like, like absolute dogs with our work ethic. And then that transitioned us really well into call or to our posts, you know, college career, which certainly didn't prepare me enough. I think Joan and I have already talked about that. We got hit with a wave of a reality check once we got to our respective schools. But Sean, that brings up a good question, actually. Jonah, were you going to say something? No, you're good. Okay. I was going to say, Sean, how do you feel like college prepares you for med school? Because Joan and I have talked about this before, and I'm curious to see your take on it. Um. The biggest difference that I noticed was just the maturity level of my classmates versus me. Um, Because I was kind of fresh out of college. I didn't take any gap years or anything. A lot of my classmates were at least two years older than me. And some had families. A lot of them were married. Um, My one classmate is in his, like, 50s, so he's, like, on his second career. So you get to meet a lot of different people at different walks of life. And um, in college, I kind of just acted like an idiot, uh, especially when we would go out and things like that. Um, And kind of, and then seeing how my classmates acted, it kind of like showed me that I need to kind of tighten my act up and act a little bit more professionally. (laughs) But um, in the classroom, I think that was more of an advantage because I had been studying for four years straight undergrad, I didn't take any time off. My classmates said it took time off. They had to remember how to study again. So, um, I mean, it was definitely, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Everyone says that, which is true. Um, we took like 148 tests in two years in med school, sometimes three tests a week, and you only had two days to study. That, um, did we take genetics? So I took genetics with both you guys. We yeah. took our genetics course in two weeks, the same one that we took yeah. in college in, in four months. So we it's like, you got to The first week in optometry school, we did anatomy, general anatomy in a week. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit different, but so that was the thing that I noticed most, just like the, there was a difference in maturity level for sure, but 
being around those people that have already, they're already ahead of you in life. You know, you learn to tighten up quick. So that kind of ties it back in what you're just talking about. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I agree. And I think I'm honestly, dude, it probably emotion, it emotionally matured us as well. Well, maybe in all aspects, I think it, it forced us to like emotionally mature faster than maybe our counterparts that like were starting their regular career and we're still kind of like, it was just a nine to five for them. And then they would every single night go out for happy hour and then do the same thing over the weekends. I know it affected me emotionally. Like I, I was just dialed for three years during PT school. I drank less than, than ever before because I was just like every day was studying, even on the weekends on Sundays, I'd wake up at six and study. So, yeah, I mean, you it forces you to mature of a different, that's very interesting. This is a good, this is interesting because I'm leaving IUP a year early, like still had a year of degeneracy left. We're like, like work hard and play hard and did like a lot of, a lot of growing up in a hurry, like emotionally and in my maturity and also like in Aubrey and I's relationship, um, like put a toll on that. It was like a big, a big learning curve for me. So it's interesting. Like your perspectives were a little bit different than mine. I was still just the same idiot for the first year. I was, I was probably, yeah, I I wasn't, I'm not going to say I was prepared for PT school when I got there with my maturity. I was definitely still, I had my butt handed to me on day one, pretty much. So I think we all can attest to that, but I got it together quickly. I'll say that. Like, just like Sean said too, it forces you to, you got to (laughs) be When there's everyone else around you, especially that first exam, oh my gosh. I mean, I was not set. I, we were used to setting the curve and now you're on the low end of the totem pole. First exam, I I must have bombed. I think all of us did, really. We all got probably C's and D's on it. It was our first test in school. Jonah, is that what happened with you? Yeah, I got, like some people don't think it's bad, but it was bad for me. I got like an 80 on that on my first test in optometry school after we were hammering A's and B's for days and for years at IEP. Yeah, so I got slapped in the face right away. Yeah, I think uh, I think we all got our butts handed to us pretty quickly. But yeah. Sean, I don't know if you have anything else you want to kind of chat about, but I think that about wraps it up um, for this episode. It was awesome having you on here and we've been trying to get this to happen for a little bit now and uh thank the good lord above us he ended up giving sean a wee little bit of wi-fi to last us through this podcast <laughs> uh, yeah man thank you so much take a look at it. <laughs> exactly yeah the router but yeah dude Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, it was this is awesome. And we we're pumped to have you as the first guest. I mean, when Andrew brought it up, I was like, yeah, no brainer. Um, who better than to have on than somebody we grinded it out with for so many years. So thanks for coming on and, and just talking a little bit about yourself for everybody. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's uh, It was fun. Honestly, first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it's an honor to be your first guest. And uh, yeah, you guys are doing a cool thing here. And 
definitely your biggest fan. So, <laughs> so well, that uh, that about wraps it up. So, be on the lookout. We'll be posting this likely tomorrow. Um, by the time it it comes all together and and me and Jonah finish editing it, it'll probably be tomorrow or the following day. So, be on the lookout for it. Um, again, we're posting on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Um, Jonah and I and Sean are not on social media right now. <laughs> so we are all taking a hiatus from it for the time being, but we will be posting it. So if you're not a frequent listener, be on the lookout for it. We are going to be um, to be posting it on the platforms still. So Thank you all for listening as per usual. We appreciate y'all. If you like the podcast, share it with somebody, please um, spread the word about us. If you learned something from it, spread the word. Um, And again, thanks Sean for hopping on Jonah. I don't know if you have anything else, but. No, that's it for me. All right. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.